San Diego's talk radio leader, 760 KFMB presents It's Your Money and Your Life. For the next hour, Richard Musio and Joe Vecchio will educate and inform you on matters related to your financial future, your life, and your leisure. Now, with It's Your Money and Your Life, here are Richard and Joe. Arguably, my name is Joe Vecchio, your co-host, announcer, and producer, coming to you from KFB Studios with 50,000 watts of power. We're heard not just in San Diego County, but Orange County, L.A. County, up the coast of Seattle on a good night, down to Cabo, out to the desert. If you download the app for 760 KFMB or, or tune in radio, you can hear this show on any device as it airs. And all these podcasts are commercial-free on iTunes and at IYMoney.com. Now, time to introduce the main man of the hour. He's a CPA extraordinaire. He's an accomplished marathon runner. He's a best-selling author lecturer, philanthropist, and a family office expert advising several high net worth families. His name is Richard Musio. Richard, good evening. How are you tonight? Doing great, Joe. But on Thanksgiving morning, <laughs> I'm not going to be a marathon runner. I'm going to be a 10K runner and then a 5K runner. Well, the 5K all, is going to be in a turkey costume. Well, with all these elections going on, there's a lot of running going on. It's not just elections. A lot of people running for office. Yeah, yes, a lot of people sir. running off at the mouth. Well, I know in this first segment here, uh, we wanted to talk so about... let's talk about running. ...your, your race and... Um, We've got a really special guest we who's with us. We certainly do. With another one coming right after the break. Yes, she's a friend of the show, returning guest of the show, heavily involved with the Oceanside Turkey Trot and a lot of other runs and uh, running events. And her name is Kathy Kinane. Kathy, welcome back. Hi, Joe. Hi, Richard. Great to be here. Excellent. Excellent. Well, what, do, what can you tell us about what's coming up on Thanksgiving this time? It is your 25th anniversary in the whole running industry. Is that correct? And it's the 11th annual Oceanside Turkey Drive. Right, but I'm talking about Kathy yeah. uh, Kinane events, Richard. We'll correct. get to you in a second. Yes. <laughs> I've been in the event business. Actually, I put my first turkey trot on in 1976. In Oceanside? Or? No, Isla Vista Turkey Trot. The where? Isla Vista, California. Where's that? I was at uh, UC Santa Barbara at the time, and it was one of the first events I put on as an event promoter. I worked for the intramurals department, and a local friend who owned the the alternative uh, print shop said, hey, Kathy, you want to put on a turkey trot? And I said, well, sure, why not? So we <laughs> designed the course and had a race, and that was I was 19. and Wow. I'm so happy to have had a career did trying you, to get you, people to be out and running. You got volunteers and police protection and all that involved? I guess in the early days, it's kind of rudimentary. Put uh, a few cones up and yeah. run. Back then, yes, rudimentary would be a good word to describe <laughs> it. Yes. You have people pointing, but, run this Nobody way. signing waivers. Yeah. And... <laughs> we had a little bit of that, but yeah, it was pretty uh, fast and loose. I had done the Naturalite Beer 5K that right before that in October, and that's when my friend came to me and said, hey, let's do a turkey trot. And so there we were running kind of on the streets of Isla Vista out to Devereux Point and finishing right in the Central Park. and. But you've you know, been a running enthusiast your, almost your entire life, right? When did you first discover it or get into it and discover how, uh, how oh, beneficial it was Oh, I started running in uh, 1974. I had pneumonia, and I was the doctor said to me, well, you're never going to play sports again. You know, I broke five ribs, and I was kind of a mess. How'd you do that? Coughing, probably. Coughing, right. Yeah. And I Honest just, to God? Yeah, I broke honest. a rib once coughing with, when I had bronchitis. Holy moly. Yeah. That's serious. So, uh. How old were you at the time? Are you willing to, I mean, were you? 14. Huh. And I thought, well, I really want to play sports. And let's just put it this way. Two years later, I had been varsity in five sports and MVP in three. So I was highly motivated after <sighs> spending three months with pneumonia. This is in high school, five yes. sports. What were your five sports? 
uh, gymnastics, volleyball, soccer, track, and cross country. Oh my gosh! Was so, it boys cross country so, or girls? Did you have a it, team? It did start out as boys cross okay. country. My first race. Oh, was, things changed. Was with the freshman boys team, and <laughs> I was a soccer player at the time, and so I ran and walked just like when you started, and yeah. I ended up winning, and I just found that. You know, it just gave me peace. You know, huh. teenage years can be rough on young girls. Yeah. And I just found that running just gave me and peace. And boys, depression's a big thing in the adolescent years, right? And sport and, and running. Yeah, and kids are more sedentary now than they were back if, in our day. I don't know if football no or collision sports are necessarily great, but uh, certainly anything aerobic like uh, running certainly will, will help, us, help us out emotionally, right? Right, so I wrote a paper in 1977 on depression and exercise. Really? And that's pretty much when I committed myself to you know, encouraging other people to have a lifestyle that involved uh, aerobics, whether it's swimming, walking uphill, biking, anything that gives you that rhythmic breathing that affects your brain. You know, when I moved out at the age of 22, I was trying to quit smoking, which I had uh, started at the age of 18, like most idiotic kids. And, um, and boy, I wanted to quit so badly and took another two years. But I read this book by, uh, I think his name was Theodore Castro-Laba or Castro-Bali. He was a psychologist locally, and he wrote a book, um, I think it was the, it wasn't the joy of running, but something with regard to that. And he talked about depression and how they took clinically depressed patients and just made them move for forty five minutes, whether run, walk, whatever. Just made them move every day, and he said they all, to some degree or another, they all improved. And boy, that made an impact on me. So I, I took up jogging and whatever, and I'm convinced that's what really ultimately helped me quit smoking. Because I think you got to replace a bad habit with a good one if you're really serious yeah, about. Makes uh, sense. You know. So there are many, many books about that. There's a book uh, called The Flow that talks about that. Shits Mahali was mm-hmm. fantastic, and you know the problem is, is the pharmaceutical companies have also discovered that humans have a predisposition towards depression, especially when they're inactive, mm. and they found chemical treatments for it which is so unfortunate because it would be so much better if they would go and hunt and gather and you know well, like walk you, up some hills the endorphin release like that when you belly laugh the same thing when you run and i guess it's your your naturally your naturally produced um type of morphine or whatever or painkiller then and you get that from jogging and well they ca- talk about the runner's high i think that's right. probably what it is so and it can be dancing it can for, be I'm dancing it can, you know it can be it can, it can be any kind of movement anything that has rhythmic breathing associated uh-huh. and it affects you know dopamine and your serotonin levels and i think for me certain people are more again predisposed towards death a depression with inactivity than others. It is, and breathing's a big deal. I just heard, I met John Lennon's sister. She made a present, and she was talking about some yoga and breathing exercises alone, which uh, she says has been really beneficial to her. So we're going to do a show on mindfulness here in a few cool. weeks as well. But, but Kathy, you became an Olympic trialist, right? I did in 1984. I qualified for the first women's U.S. Marathon Olympic trials, mm-hmm. I ran 249.58, mm. and the qualifying standard at the time, I think, was 252, and it's had some great memories. You know, in San Diego, there was 10 of us mm-hmm. that ran under the Olympic qualifying standards, and we had shared some great memories training together and, of course, sharing the experience up in Olympia. Mm. Now, you've been in the business 25 years, so how many events now have you uh, produced or do you are you still in charge of? Well, we've produced around 215 mm. um, over the 25 years. And prior to that, I co-founded Elite Racing, which uh, managed the Carlsbad 5000 at the time. And uh, it's been a lot. But what I love most now is that 
kind of man on the street are participating, or and most especially women on the street are participating. Well, let's talk about the turkey trot. What percentage yeah. of entrants are, are female? We run about sixty percent female, mm-hmm. and then the rest are male, and and a few turkeys, and a few turkeys. And one of the things that I was talking to a a, a male about was that uh, one of my favorite quotes was a, a gentleman who wrote how he only hopes that after he is dead and gone that running with his boys at the turkey trot would be one of their fondest memories. It is and a great family event, isn't it? I mean, we should plug it. I mean, it's going to be Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving morning. morning. Right. We start bright and early with what? 6.45, we start the 10K, and yes. then we start the 5K at 8.10, and then we have plenty of time for those 5Kers. What, time, wanna... is, what time is the OK? That's what... <laughs> <laughs> I have to mention that... We have seven thousand. We have ten thousand total. We have seven thousand in the five k, and forty five hundred of them walk. Yeah. So those people who don't feel like they're quite up to running a five k can well, do good. the walk. And I'm... and this year we started a senior one mile. The day before, though. The day before, and it was because yeah. it'll be Wednesday the twenty third. We yeah. had about fourteen octogenarians last year, and uh-huh. I picked up a few on the course, and they were very emotional about how much it meant to them to be at the event. Mm-hmm. And I thought. Well, I told a few of them to take a shortcut, but then I thought I could have them have a one mile the day before, and the families could come down and support them doing their one miles and cheer them on, and they'll get the T-shirt and the medal and the goodies and the photos and everything. And, of course, all the information is at osideturkeytrot.com because we're coming up on, on our break pretty soon. And you've had some experience with our guest that's coming up uh, who's been a legend. Yeah, Bob the, Babbitt is next. Yeah. He's, a, he's, he's a legend, he's, not only in his own mind, but yeah. legitimately. <laughs> yeah. But big thank you, Kathy, too, to, um, I know, Tri-City Hospital is sponsoring the Festival of Senior Miles. And also, of course, our, uh, you know we are the Pacific Marine Credit Union. There, Oceanside you, there you go. Anyway. Kathy, thanks for being our guest. We'll see you again soon. We're coming Kathy, up with Bob. Appreciate it. Yeah, Bob's coming up. Yeah, we're coming up with Bob Babbitt right after these words. Hang on. Back with uh, Bob Babbitt. He is co-founder of Competitive Magazine, big figure in Challenged Athlete Foundation. Does his own radio show. So, Bob, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Joe. Appreciate it, bud. We're really glad to have you here, boy. Thanks. This is uh, really something. Um, Gosh, I mean, we don't know anything about your your early history. You just want to tell us really quickly, born and raised where? And uh... well, we, sure. we start in the womb. So. <laughs> start in the womb. Yeah, yeah. Born in Chicago. Uh, grew up grew up there. Went to University of Illinois. Came to San Diego in '78. '78. Fell into the whole endurance world. Ran some marathons and read about this event called the Ironman. Now you were into running in school? No, 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 just basically ball sports stuff. But when I came out here, obviously this is the endurance sports. So how did you get into the Ironman? I mean, 78 was the first Ironman in Hawaii, right? 15 starters, 12 finishers. Same thing (laughs) in 79. you moved here and immediately fell in with the Ironman. Well, there was an article in Sports Illustrated in 1979, and it showcased the winner of the 79 Ironman, a guy named Tom Warren, who owned Pugs Tavern in Pacific Beach. I've got a a tank top from there. there. It still smells like the grease from the Exactly. And we had done, to show you how far back this is, my roommate at the time was a guy named Ned Overend, who was who became the world mountain bike champion. Mm-hmm. Mountain bikes hadn't been invented yet. Mm-hmm. So he was working at San Diego Suzuki, uh, tuning up motorcycles, and I was a school teacher, and we read about this thing called the Ironman in Sports Illustrated and tracked down Tom Warren, because it's not like you go online and find out how to get in this thing. Now, he started in PB with that run, swim, run thing around And we had done that. We had done the run, swim, run. And it was a half-mile swim around Crystal Pier, a five-mile run on the beach to to the jetty and back, and Uh then you swam around.
around the pier again. And then you had a big party after. Well, the key was the top <laughs> 75 people got breakfast at Tugs. Ah. So you ran right through the finish line and right to Tugs ah. because you wanted your slimy breakfast <laughs> and your and your glass when the 76 guy showed up. So because you had bragging rights, Boy, right? 76 place, got nothing. That place made McDonald's smell like perfume, I'll tell you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It was uh, it was pretty it was a pretty special place. But Tommy was the one who who became our mentor on how to do this Ironman thing because uh-huh. we had no idea. We went out to the police auction and bought a bike. For, I bought a bike for seventy five bucks. The whole back end was burnt. And but I mean, you got into the publishing. I mean, did you envision a, a great success in the world of public publicizing nah, this? No idea. I just came back after finishing the Ironman, and I thought you did the thing in two days. I thought you swam two point four, rode fifty six, yeah. camped to a hotel, out, got it, no, no, camped nice out, yeah. rode back the next day, yeah. and ran the marathon so i had pannier sleeping bag a tent on the bike and a little bit of a surprise <laughs> that you did the whole thing in one day but i ended up doing it one day with my support crew in their little fiat convertible what, they what gave, was your you first know, year 1980 80 for you okay. they gave me a big mac fries and a coke at mile 25 oh, with a snow cone at mile 80 of the bike oh, and then we know uh, a lot about nutrition then right? full-on body massage <laughs> at the end of the bike ride for 45 minutes and while everybody else is racing i'm getting a massage with a little boombox playing tinkling music and a laxative okay but when i finished I, it sort of gave me this business card that told me that I could do anything. Mm-hmm. And so I came back, and it was a guy named Mike Plant who had a magazine called San Diego Track Club News, became running news. I remember mm-hmm. Mike. And mm-hmm. I came back, and I was like, God, this, this event is so cool. This sport of triathlon is so cool. We should change your magazine from running news to running and triathlon news. And based on the 100 idiots who raced in 1980, Mike eventually acquiesced, and I left teaching and became his LA editor and created some weird characters for the magazine called mm-hmm. the Reverend Campagnola Minister of Triathlism, uh, Old Fart of the Month, The mm-hmm. Running Wino. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden we got a little roll. And, and when the magazine went out of business, I was in a position with my part, my, the art teacher from the school, Aloha Schwartz, had left teaching with me to become the fo- photographer at Running a Triathlon News. So we were in a position of well, what do we do now? Magazine just went out of business. And I went and met with, there was two cycling magazines in the state, Southwest Cycling and California Bicycles, both of them free mags like ours. Uh-huh. I said, if we do something that covers running, triathlon, and cycling, it could be really popular. And both publishers told me the same thing. We'll never put a skinny runner in the cover of a magazine. And triathlon's a fad. It'll be gone in five years. This is, <laughs> this is May of 87. Famous Came words. back to San Diego. And some of our friends and advertisers gave Lois and I a check for $17,000 and said, go start your own magazine. Yeah. I'm going to take a little credit here, too, because um, I met you, I think it was a race down in PB or Mission Beach somewhere, and Carol LeBeau was in it. Yeah. And you wrote something in your magazine about Carol LeBeau waddling across the finish line. Yes, I did. I took that to Michael Tuck, because he was doing his commentaries at Channel 10 at the time. And he did a commentary about Carol LeBeau can waddle across my finish line anytime. Exactly. And I thought that was good publicity for you. So. it was really good. So you're welcome. And she's a, she's, she's a very fast waddler. And, and she will tell you, Carol was an amazing swimmer. Yeah, Running was, was not her strength. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. But, but great gal, and I've yeah. known her all these yeah. years, and she's on the East Coast now with her husband. So, so we, when we started Competitor, and we, Running Triathlon News went out of business in April. We started June 1, and the whole concept was we were you know, under 20,000 pounds of bike racks and a little shed in, in, in Del Mar. Mm-hmm. We had, our first print bill was 17 grand and we had 20 grand. Mm-hmm. And from there, we, you know, we, but we loved it. Mm-hmm. We loved what we were doing. We drove to LA every weekend. We, we went to running and triathlon cycling events and we felt we wanted to grow. We had to grow the sport 
before growing our business. And right. That was the creation of Competitor Radio and the Competitor Awards because we wanted people to listen to an interview with a Wayne Gretzky or a Magic Johnson on a sports radio station, mm-hmm. then hear Dave Scott or Mark Allen or Alberto Salazar and realize mm-hmm. these athletes are special too. And mm-hmm. that, that really helped the growth of our industry and the growth of our sport. Mm-hmm. And now, like I just mentioned, there's 45 full Ironmans around the world. Mm-hmm. There's 95, what they call 70.3, which is half Ironmans. And uh, that company, Ironman, sold recently to the largest landowner in China for $900 million. So yeah. what well, we started as a little industry with 100 of us morons on a beach in, in Waikiki. <laughs> Has now grown to a, to a pretty big industry. Now, challenged athletes, we should say, yes. folks, I, this uh, October twenty fourth is uh, your twenty second. Yeah, twenty third. Well, twenty third yeah. is the first one. But yeah. I mean, that if you want to come down and see the parade of athletes at La Jolla Cove, because I know you're moving the swim to the, the shores because of the sea lion issue. Yes. Yep. But um, if you want to come down Sunday at seven tomorrow, that will be because this airing is airing Saturday night. Um, that's great. Bob yep. introduces all these athletes. Bill Walton will be there. Robin Williams used to be Bill's there. Bill's riding down the coast right now, right? Bill's yeah. doing our million-dollar challenge uh, right now. Mm-hmm. He's at 620 miles over yeah. seven days, and there's 120 riders. And they'll yeah. raise about 1.2 or $1.3 million for CAF. Yeah. We'll raise about the same at the triathlon. We've raised over $76 million now and sent out over 13,000 wow. grants. So- we'll have a number of our Paralympic medalists will be with us this weekend as well. 44% of the whole U.S. team was supported by Challenge Athletes Foundation, and over 60% of the medal winners were CAF-funded yeah. athletes. Now, what inspired the the genesis for Challenge Athletes? Um, a, fr- a friend of ours by the name of Jim McLaren was a football player at Yale. Mm-hmm. 1985, he was taking acting classes in New York City. He was on his motorcycle. NFL player? Or? No, Yale. Yale, Yeah, okay. a 300-pound lineman, and he got hit by a New York City bus was on his motorcycle, thrown 90 feet in the air, dead on arrival, lived, but lost his lower left leg and he came back from that to become the Babe Ruth of amputee athletes he Mm. reinvented what someone could do with a prosthetic leg because remember they're not using what you see nowadays they're using he was using a one step up of Captain Hook Mm. and he ran a 316 marathon went 1042 at the Ironman in Hawaii was top 20% of everybody in the race and Jimmy, that's when I started covering him at Competitor. He was he was this amazing athlete, very visible. Mm-hmm. He had really good sponsorship, traveling the world as basically a professional athlete. Fast forward eight years, he's racing in Mission Viejo. He's on his bike. A van goes through a closed intersection, hits the back of his bike, <sighs> propels him into a pole head oh first. He becomes a quadriplegic. Oh and gosh. at that point, Jeffrey Esikow, uh, Rick Kozlowski, who was a local race director, myself got together to put on an event for Jimmy. And from interviewing paralyzed athletes over the years, one thing I heard loud and clear when I asked them, what's the worst part about being paralyzed? Worst part was being 30 years old. Here come mom and dad back in my life. No sense of self, no sense of independence. Yeah. So our goal was put on a little triathlon, raise 25000 by Jimmy a van he can drive with his hands to give him that independence. Mm. Put on the race, raise 49000 think our job is done. Three amputee women come up to us and go, you know, Jimmy's our hero. He's the one who got us into endurance sports. Do you realize that your health insurance will cover a walking around leg or an everyday chair if you get injured? But anything to do with sport is considered a luxury item and not covered. So that's when we got our 5013C and decided if anybody needed a piece of equipment, travel expenses, or training expenses to stay in the game of life through sport, Challenge Athletes Foundation would be there for them. And like I said, we've sent out over 13,000 grants. We've raised over $76 million, and it's been it's been a gift. And, and you're at your yeah. 24th anniversary, right? 24th anniversary wow. this Sunday. Yeah. yeah, we'll do a running clinic at the JCC um, uh, one day and then the, the tomorrow. 
mm-hmm. is going to be our 24th annual yeah, San Diego Triathlon Challenge. So challengeathletes.org, folks, if you want to get more information about that. And we're coming up on our break in a little bit, but we'll talk about Emmanuel's Gift, another uh, important grant that got made into a film with Oprah Winfrey narrating. I'll come back with Bob Abbott right after this. Hang on. back with the award-winning It's Your Money and Your Life, and this is a time where Richard likes to thank our sponsors. Big thank you to all of our sponsors. We couldn't do the show without them, of course. UBS with Michael Caranta. Big thanks to UBS and Michael for backing the show for the last, it's almost five years now, Joe. Mm-hmm. Also, our favorite CPAs on the planet. we got two groups of them. More traditional CPAs, Plato Epic CPAs in San Marcos with Don Epic and Paul Polito. Also, the specialized firm of Signature Analytics with Jason Kruger CPA. A great CFO service firm all along the West Coast. Joel Gruskin, recent guest, cost segregation initiatives helping real estate owners improve their cash flow. Also, Geiger Law Office, Brenda Geiger, attorney at law, specializes in asset protection and estate planning. Our favorite bankers on the planet, California Republic Bank with Sean Puckett, Lane Elliott, working with high net worth families and family offices. Neil Staley, Hub International, formerly known as Mars Maddox Insurance, an incredible employee benefits firm. December 1 is open enrollment for many, many companies, so we highly recommend Hub International. Also, I just spoke at the LG Experience and the Lombardi Group, helping wealth advisors make heroes out of CPAs to the CPA's very best clients. Speaking of wealth advisory services, also Paul Hines, CEO of Hearthstone Private Wealth Management. Paul, of course, also heads up the SeniorSafeAndSound.org initiative here in San Diego, helping to prevent financial abuse against the elderly. Our favorite mortgage broker, Nathan Watkins. Interest rates remain low, whether you're buying or refinancing. Nathan Watkins. Also, Carl Sheeler, speaking of great charities, Two Bears Ranch in Colorado, bringing equine therapy to veterans with PTSD. And our great friend, Michelle, Michelle St. Clair, with Elite Lifestyle Management, helping those of us who have no time get things done all across the country. Like the presentation I did recently in San Antonio where I had eight RSVPs and 50 people showed up and had to make some really quick last-minute adjustments. Elite Lifestyle Management handles things like that with great aplomb. And, of course, since Kathy Ganane is on the show, the Oceanside Turkey Trot, now the eighth-largest turkey trot in the country, second-largest in California, Thanksgiving morning. Yes, it's worth 40 bucks to see me run in a nine-pound turkey costume. Bob knows a little bit about that, too, although I'm not sure if he's ever been a turkey. <laughs> and speaking of turkey, I'm getting hungry, Joe. So what we do for our listeners who are getting hungry, too? Our other great sponsor, we'd like to thank uh, Lestat's Coffee Houses in Normal Heights, University Heights, and now Hillcrest, open 24-7, 365. All great food, proud at all the time, and a great atmosphere, and very popular. Also, the Very Good Food Foundation and Michelle Ciccarelli Lirac, who, by the way, big fan of Challenge Athletes, hosted a big peers event in where I talked to Bob and interviewed and an him upcoming guest. a couple, a couple of years ago. And... Um, and there you have it. So, uh, Richard, I know they've all been working with you with great success. Uh, if people get over to iymoney.com. There's a sponsor tab there's a, and a drop-down menu. They can learn all about our sponsors there. So, Some cases, 30 years. Absolutely. Hate to admit it. Yeah. Anyway, back with Bob Babbitt. We're talking about important grants and, and great work they've done that challenged athletes. And about 10, 11 years ago, I wasn't riding a bus with Billy Bush. I was seeing a film called The Manual's Gift. And, um, boy, what an important um, inspiring uh, compelling film Oprah Winfrey narrated it uh, Robin Williams was in it um, 
Bob, that letter yes. from Ghana arrives in Solana Beach. Uh, yeah. Did you open the envelope? Or? Well, when we saw the envelope, first of all, uh, I didn't know where Ghana was. I thought it was maybe south of Cleveland. I had no <laughs> idea where the heck this place is. And we received this grant. And remember, this is 05. We've been around yeah. since like 93 or so, but we're yeah. still small. Mm -hmm. And this young man named Emmanuel Afosu Yaboa mm -hmm. was asking for a grant of a bicycle. He had been born in Ghana. He had a birth defect, so he was missing the uh, tibia on one leg. So right. he had a fibula and a foot sticking out the back of his right. knee. 20 million people in Ghana, 10% right. of the population is disabled. Yes. So it's it's a huge issue over there. So the disabled are shunned, and the disabled are considered cursed. Correct. So yeah. Emmanuel's father was told to abandon him. Mm -hmm. uh, his mother refused to do that, and she would carry him to school every day. Mm -hmm. And then when he turned 13, his mom got very ill. And he left school to shine shoes for $2 a day to support the rest of the family. When he turned 18, his mom passed away, and he decided he wanted to do something to honor her life mm -hmm. and honor her legacy. So he decided he wanted to ride a bike across Ghana Which is to change six, the— Which is yeah, miles, right? Yeah. It's a fairly decent yeah, six, 600 kilometers across mm -hmm. Ghana. And mm -hmm. the, so the, the thought was he, he sent, through a missionary, he found CEF online, and he sent us his grant request. Mm -hmm. And when we looked at it, his birth date was May 5th. And that's my birthday. Oh, really? So we decided to send him a bike. We'll never hear from the kid again. He'll, he'll, who knows what he'll do with the bike. Well, he rides 600 kilometers on one leg across Ghana, and people are running after him in the streets. Well, for one thing, nobody in Ghana has a new bike. So no. he became a rock star. Big time. And got all kinds of, I guess, global media coverage, right? He got a lot of media coverage. And from that, we decided to bring him here to San Diego. He'd mm -hmm. never been on a plane, never been out of Ghana, showed up here with $3 in his pocket. <laughs> and so... He ended up doing the 56-mile bike ride that was part of our event. Down in La Jolla. And, Cal, right? Yeah, down in La Jolla, mm -hmm. riding up Torrey Pines with one leg on a mountain wow. bike. Took him seven hours. Yeah, he had no prosthetic. Af guy. Afterwards, no prosthetic. Yeah. Afterwards, uh, I said, so, Emmanuel, what do you think of the ride? He goes, Bob, I did not realize San Diego was so hilly. <laughs> <laughs> so then we decide we meet with, Lom with Loma Linda Hospital and ask if this kid is a candidate for a prosthetic. And they say he is. So we sent him back to Ghana. And set it up. We'll take care of transportation. We'll take care of the cost of the leg. They'll take care of a homestay. And they'll take care of the operation. So right before we brought him back, I started thinking about it. It's going to be great to do this transformation of this young man. But if we don't capture this, if we yeah. don't film this. So I called a friend of mine, Lisa Lax, who produced all the Emmy Award winning uh, um, shows for the Iron Man, mm -hmm. as well as all the profiles for the Olympics for NBC, Dick Ebersol's right-hand person. Mm -hmm. Her and her twin sister, who produced the Tour de France for CBS, mm -hmm. had just left television to create a documentary film company. So I said, guys, I don't know what this is, five-minute film, a full documentary, I don't know, but I think it'd be really cool to capture what his leg looks like now, be there for the operation, and be there when there's a bike ride next year with two legs rather than one. Mm -hmm. And Lisa goes, that's great. When's he coming? Like five months, six months? I said, no, five days. <laughs> she puts a, a, a crew on a plane to Ghana. They start filming. They come, and he has the operation, and they're shooting all this. Six yeah. weeks after the operation, he does a triathlon. Runs three miles, rides 10 miles, and that? does what at Loma Linda. Wow. So then he goes back to Ghana, camera's following him, mm -hmm. gets off the plane with his $15,000 prosthetic in a country with a per capita income of $400. Yeah. And he's wearing jeans for the first time in his life because in the past, his he couldn't wear long pants because right. his legs stuck yeah, out the back of his knee. Right. So now, here's a, we're talking a ticker tape parade through his city 
to he, his house. He meets the king of Ghana, I remember. Wow, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so so when people say that they can't impact the life, I mean, how do we change the world? I mean, here's a guy who was shining shoes for $3 a day in Ghana, and so what happened to him next is he comes back and does our bike ride with two legs rather than one, goes four hours rather than seven hours, receives mm -hmm. our Most Inspirational Athlete Award from Robin Williams, uh -huh. flies up to Nike to receive the Casey Martin Award uh -huh. for people who are inspirational to disabled, which comes with a $25,000 grant. Oh, my gosh. We match it with twenty five dollars oh and make him our ambassador of Ghana. Then we fly him to New York to have a sit-down with the Secretary General of the United Nations, Kofi Annan, to talk about the rights of the oh disabled in Ghana. Then we sent a rough cut to Oprah, who agrees to narrate it, and the next thing you know... We're having the premiere of the film at the National Geographic Theater in Washington, D.C., oh and gosh. we get a call that President Bush would like to meet Emmanuel, oh which gosh. we did the night before We did the night before the movie. And so I, it was and pretty I met amazing. him at Bill and Michelle Lyrac's home one yes. day. He was there for some event in his African garb, by yes. the way. Yep. But in this film, folks, when he puts on a suit for the first time, you will cry uh, a river of tears. I mean, he is so filled with pride. Yeah. I mean... It's just a phenomenon. I'm he, getting goosebumps just thinking about he it. He became a motivational speaker, mm -hmm. and his he had two little girls. He named his first little girl Linda after Loma Linda Hospital. Oh his my second gosh. little girl Comfort after his mother. And, and he's, got a cat named he's Loma. a perfect example <laughs> when you tell people that you can change the world. Mm -hmm. This young man changed the world and changed his own life. And the cool part was, President Bush was. Uh, in a photo with Emmanuel. The president mm -hmm. of Ghana had not done much for Emmanuel trying to get a disability act passed in his country. Mm -hmm. So when we met with President Bush at the White House and there was a photo in the papers in Ghana the next day, hmm. when Emmanuel got off the plane in Ghana, the president of Ghana was there to meet him and said, I will get your disability act presented to parliament and six months later was passed. Mm -hmm. That's the power of... Of, now, do they have a believing. king? Do they have a king and a president? There's, there's kings. There's lots. There's like each <laughs> area has a king. Joe. Yeah. There's, a, there's a bunch of there's kings. Regional kings. Remember, there's regional kings. I remember yeah. a very corpulent little yes. king there. But uh, mm -hmm. we'll come more uh, back with Bob Abbott with more of this great talk right after this. Hang on. <laughs> Head of Challenge Athletes Foundation, Competitor Magazine, great history and running triathlons and everything else. So, great. So Bob, but, does Emmanuel still get back out here to San Diego? He does. He comes out here and does some presentations, and but he's you know he's a busy guy. He mm -hmm. was trying to. I think he recently did a bike ride up the coast to Oregon. Mm -hmm. He's uh, he's he's a pretty special young man. Yeah. Hey, uh, Robin Williams used to come out and participate yes. all the time, and, and we're all still uh, reeling from that yes. loss, but. Um, do you have a reward, uh, an award in his honor, a memorial award? That might be a good idea. You know what? We have um, what's great is his three. Right now, the Robin Williams estate is auctioning off 87 of Robin Williams' bicycles. Oh, my god! 87 bicycles. He's a big Jeez. bicycle fanatic. I guess. And um, uh, the proceeds are going to go to Challenge Athletes Foundation and the Dana Reeve, Dana and Christopher Reeve Foundation. Oh, my we'll gosh. We'll be splitting them. So right now that auction is going through October 25th, and people can find that online. They just go Robin Williams auction. They'll, they'll find it. Hmm. But Robin's – and then Robin's kids, his three kids, will be down this weekend and on Sunday – we will be giving out three grants in Robin's name wow. that each one of his children will present. That is so a great it's, uh, And Robin, one of my favorite stories with Robin, well, one, he was on Team Braveheart with Rudy Garcia Tolson, double above knee amputee, mm -hmm. doing the swim, Robin doing the 56-mile bike ride, and Scott Tinley, two-time Ironman champion, doing mm -hmm. the run. They were Team Braveheart because Rudy used to carry a little business card when he was seven years old that said, a brave heart is a powerful weapon. Mm. And they teamed up year after year after year, and I used to say to Robin, so... You know, Rudy, Rudy really 
loves you and really cares about you. He says, Rudy doesn't care about me. All he cares about is that I'm a video, his video game pimp. I get him <laughs> any games he wants, I get for him. And my other favorite thing with Robin, Robin loved our race day on Sunday. And what he loved most of it, more than anything, was that people would come up, like you usually have your weather person out there doing the morning, right? And someone would come up and go, we'd like to get a couple words from Robin. And I'd be like, sure, let me go ask Robin. Is it live? <laughs> yes, it is. So I go, Robin, Robin, Famous it's live. Last Famous last yeah. Live microphone is like putting raw yeah. meat in front of a lion, yeah. right, with Robin Williams. Yeah. So we're, we're saying this woman, I remember this one time, this woman goes, so Mr. Williams, how are you going to feel at the end of the 56-mile bike ride? Yeah. He goes, how am I going to feel? I'm going to feel like there's a river of sweat like Niagara Falls running down the crack of my <laughs> You <head."> know what? <laughs> And then the woman would turn like white and Robin be high-fiving everybody. It was the coolest thing. Oh, he did perspire. I got to tell you, back in 1977, I go down. The comedy store was where T.D. Hayes, under T.D. Hayes was Mm -hmm. for about a year, year and a half. I go, I didn't even have a car. I walked there. I lived in Crown Point. And um, he was, he he wasn't the first show I saw. um, Welcome back, Mr. Uh, What's the guy? Welcome back. That was the first show I saw. But but a few weeks later, this guy, Robin Williams, showed. This is when he first was doing uh, stand-up because he was, uh, you know, a trained Shakespearean yeah. actor. I want to tell you, he knocked that room out. Wouldn't use the microphone. So when he got through uh, with his show, he was drenched in yes, sweat. Yes. And I saw him another time at the improv. And I said, Robin, I got a dry shirt in the car. You want me to get it? Because he was like totally drenched out in the patio. He goes, no, don't do that. I think the combination might be uh, explosive or something. Because yeah, yeah. I was kind of making him, I do shtick myself, right. uh, as you probably know. Yes. But anyway, um, God, it's great, Rob. And now Bill Walton. and. Yes. and Another great fa- fan of, of challenged athletes and been involved with you for like, what, nine, nine years He's or so? He's been around a while, and what happened is Bill reached out to us and said, you know, I've, uh, Bob, I've heard about CAF for a number of years, and I'd like to find out more. Mm-hmm. And he came to the office. We showed him some videos, and, I mean, Bill was sobbing because of the stories. Our yeah. stories are amazing. Yeah. And he goes, I feel awful that I have not been involved before, but I will make up for lost time, which he has. He's been on our Million Dollar Challenge bike ride. I think this year he was our largest fundraiser on that ride, close to $300,000. He he's he's overcome some amazing He's yeah, a challenged athlete. Yeah. I mean, he he's, a challenge he's had over yeah. 30, I think, 36 surgeries. Yeah, his, his ankles are fused. Yes. Uh, obviously, the, this last spinal well, I mean, he was in so much pain. I mean, he, he, he was suicidal. He was suicidal. He was suicidal. Um, but gosh, I know he'll be down there. Uh, he, he like will. he loves the cycle, and, yeah, and then uh, he'll be down there for opening ceremonies. And he'll, I'm sure, he'll do the bike ride as part of the San Diego Triathlon Challenge on Sunday. But he's, he, he's, he's so, very special. He's so generous with his time. You know, a lot of public figures, you know, they uh, kind of get sick of people, you know, asking for autographs. Or whatever. Yeah. I, I did happen to have lunch with him one day at a restaurant in Del Mar, and right in the middle of lunch, at least five people walked up. You know, he's in the middle of a bite of a sandwich, right. and. Uh, can I have an autograph? Can I take a picture? Oh, sure. No, put his sandwich down. Take a smile. I mean, he's got such a great heart. Uh, so the last time I was at Bill's house, he was on a phone call. So he hands me a frisbee. He goes, Richard, it's about 10 minutes. Go out in the yard and play with the dogs. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so I nice. did. Anyway, yeah, yeah he's, 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 he's just, very special. We've yeah. had some, and watching him ride down the coast one year, it was Chris Mullen, Rick Barry, and uh, Bill Walton. It was like an NBA Hall of Fame yeah. mm-hmm. ride. It was very, very special. So the statue you think now of him is going to be at the sports arena, now the Valley yes. View Sports yep. Center. I wish they would have just called the Valley View Sports Arena because everyone, I still call Nobody it the sports. Nobody knows what it is. You don't use the word <laughs> right. sports arena. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess they're trying to rebrand it's got or whatever. Wheels. It was at your office, right? It was at the CAF office for a yeah. long time, yeah. But yeah. It, uh, I, I 
like the idea of moving it around. You mm-hmm. want it for you have a birthday party? Yeah, Bill <laughs> well, Exactly. My choice is now that that nice bridge leading from Balboa Park mm-hmm. at the east edge into the Rose Garden. I think on the west side, kind of near the Natural History Museum, put that statue there with uh, maybe a statue of a, cha- a young kid and a you know challenged athlete sure. with a prosthetic, and then a, another kid with a basketball or something on either side of him. And, and I think that would be a nice permanent. That'd be great. Home, but, That'd be a great way to honor. But um, anyway, you you know, you have more influence in that arena than I do. I so think you've got more. <laughs> <than that. laughs> but uh, well, collectively, maybe we we all do. So we'll figure yeah. it out. Yeah, we always do. So Bob, you still run, ride, swim? I do actually. I've probably done about twenty triathlons this uh, this summer. Okay. Just did a, a seventy point three race at the Super Frog down in Oceanside, mm-hmm. down in uh, Coronado, sure. one Coronado. of my favorite events. Yeah. Actually, was in Imperial Beach this year and. Went to Hermosa Beach on Sunday and raced in my 65 to death category, which I'm very <laughs> excited to still be part of. But no, I, I love it. Uh, endurance sports is, is my life. And I, it's like, it's not work. It's, it's, we go to parties every weekend. People are coming there because they love to participate and sweat and, and enjoy themselves. Well, speaking of challenged athletes, you know, everyone's fighting the waistline these days. Why don't yes. you guys have a, an, an, overweight, uh, an overweight event where you've got to be overweight to get into this there you thing. Go. And let's get all the fatties, including myself, <laughs> out there. And, you know, we'll waddle, we'll run, walk. You know, when Richard, you know, was recovering from my surgery, and he put on about, what, 40 pounds? About 40 pounds. And what did the doctor say? Just go run and walk. He said walk to... five minutes, jog five minutes, walk so, five minutes, jog. Maybe it's like maybe it's a do what you can event or just to get people back into this. Uh, It may be because I used to run a lot. I just couldn't. I stopped because I didn't know dude all the t-shirts anymore. (laughs) You're giving a charity, Joe. There you go. I think the main deal is it's. uh, I think as you age, you realize that so much of it is nutrition. You know, it's 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 all about what you put in your mouth. Working out is really secondary to to that. I've lost about you know 25 pounds. Doing what? Basically, got rid of bread, sugar. butter, sugar, salt. Got to get rid of, uh, got rid of well, now the everything. Fat, they say the fat's not so bad, but the, it's the sugar. I think that really uh, soft drinks. Salts. I think we ought to just cut out soft drinks. What's the state of soft drinks in our schools? Does anybody know? Richard, you're no, in the movie. You no feed idea. before you eat. Do they still allow soft drinks to be sold in some schools? Some do, some don't. A wow. lot of schools planting vegetable gardens, doing all kinds of cool things. I know, but they really should ban those those soft drinks because I do think that's uh, probably ruined a lot of people. And, and even the artificial sweeteners, I don't like any of that. Water, 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 right? Lots of I water. agree with you a thousand percent. Yeah. I th- but tw- you lost 25 pounds, I can't 25 imagine. 25 pounds, yeah. And went Over- from 24% body fat to 16, all in about uh, 13, 14 weeks, just changing nutrition. Didn't change a thing in the way I worked So out. what's your typical diet in a day? Uh, a my of- wife makes muffins with um, with almond flour. Mm-hmm. I have those with with uh, bananas, apples, etc. in the morning, and I'll have you know chicken breast or something like that well, at lunch. What do you eat before you go do a try? What I've always, this, uh, the muffins and some okay. fruit. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But the reality is that you... I haven't had bread in probably a year and a half, uh, yeah, see, in, or dessert. I mean, I, but, I'm but Italian, the, so I can't speak without waiting. Yeah, bread. See, in my yeah. I gave up bread, but uh, I'm telling you, well, I got, you know, I had a cold for a couple of weeks. I was doing pretty well in the gym, and then I stopped because I was fighting this cold. And of course, you know, we make excuses and right. whatever. But mm-hmm. uh, we should have a no excuses uh, event. Come on, let's get some yeah, get the fatties out there. Get the fatties out there. <laughs> Always like that. I think that's a great idea. So uh, Sunday, seven a.m. 
Challenged Athletes, La Jolla Cove, 24th Annual. Um, what highlights, any any other, I think, uh, I know Bill Walton, anybody else that we should be looking for? Well, mainly we've got, uh, we've got so many of our Paralympic medalists. Mm. Uh, said that, you know, 44% of the team, U.S. team was supported by CAF. And we've got, I think about 20 Paralympic medalists will mm-hmm. all be participating here. So it's going to be great. I went a few years ago. I'll tell you, folks, if you want to get inspired, uh, you know, you see these young kids out there missing more than one limb, paralyzed, whatever. But anyway, Bob Babbitt, thanks for being our guest. Bob, uh, really appreciate you it. You can hear Bob on radio, too. Just look him up, Google him, you'll find him. But Richard, great seeing you. Justin Hart, our board operator, thanks for making us sound terrific. Thanks to Craig Blakey, our account executive, to Dave Smith, our programming genius here. All these podcasts are commercial-free on iWomany.com. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye now.